Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer broadcast. Let somebody know it's on. I tell you, we've been having such a good time. We're, we're teaching what we're calling healing school. And in this healing school, we're ta- taking the different miracles that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry, the miracles of healing, and we're studying them line by line, verse by verse. And we invite you, get your Bible, get notepad and a pen and follow along with us because uh, you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I'm not a, I'm not a, in the fivefold ministry. If you're born again, God wants to work through you. God wants to bless people through you and minister to them. So that means that you had the privilege of becoming skillful with ministering healing. So we want you to be a good student of it. And we say that as you're watching today, believe God. As you're watching today, release your faith. Some of you may be needing healing in your body. Well, this instruction is the perfect time because when you hear the word being taught, faith comes. And that's the perfect time to release your faith. Faith comes when you hear the word, but faith is released through what you say. So be expecting something today, but be saying something in line with the teaching of the word that you hear today. We've got an intimate group of people here in an intimate setting, and we love coming to you. And we're just so glad you've joined us today. Uh, If you would, get your Bibles and let's turn in them to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to read several verses of scripture. We're going to start with verse 17, Luke chapter five and verse 17. We invite you to join along with us. We'll read this whole passage and then we're going to go back and look at each verse individually and teach, uh, teach out of each verse. So Luke five seventeen reads this. One of those days as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village and town of Galilee and from Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was present with him to heal them. And behold, some men were bringing on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed, and they tried to carry him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. And they lowered him with his stretcher through the tiles in the midst right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their confidence in him springing from their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason and question and argue, saying, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questionings, answered them. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to arise and walk? But, but that you may know that the Son of Man has the power of authority and right on earth to forgive sins, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your stretcher and go to your own house. And instantly the man stood up before him and picked up what he had been lying on and went away to his house, recognizing and praising and thanking God. And overwhelming astonishment seized them all. And they recognized and praised and thanked God. And they were filled with and controlled by reverential fear. 
And they kept saying, we have seen wonderful and strange and incredible and unthinkable things today. (laughs) What a day they saw. What an event. Can you imagine you're sitting there listening to Jesus talk and the roof is being pulled apart right over your head. (laughs) And uh, they led a man, not just a man down on a rope, a bed (laughs) with a man on the bed. So that's not a common occurrence, right? No one tore off your roof today, did they? I mean, it was quite a day to see that. So let's go back to verse 17. Let's study this verse by verse. It says one of those days as he was teaching, Jesus was teaching. Thank God for teaching. Without the teaching of the word, we would not know all that belongs to us and the mind of God that is revealed to us in his word. So it says Jesus was teaching and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. So there were a crowd of people, but also there was a minister section. And the ministers were gathered there together that day. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they were sitting by. They had come from every village and town of Galilee. So it was a regional ministers meeting that had gathered as well as the, as the, as the crowd of people. They were, they come from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And I love this verse. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Well, who's the them it's referring to? The ones that are listed that are sitting by the Pharisees, the teachers of the law or doctors of the law, or just the the congregation that was gathered, the the public that was gathered there. The power of God was present for all of them. The power of God wasn't selecting who. The power was present for everyone. And notice what the power was present to do. It's present to heal. So we know what Jesus was teaching on healing. Why? Because what as a minister teaches, what he teaches, the power becomes available for what he teaches. And so this is it. To, and I say this to pastors and ministers everywhere that to receive heat for healing power to flow. You have to teach healing for miracle power to flow. You have to teach miracles for prosperity flow. You have to teach prosperity for peace to flow. You have to teach peace for joy to flow. You have to teach it. So whatever you teach is what is going to come in a manifestation. If you believe what's being taught. And so we know that Jesus was teaching healing because that's what the power uh, came present to to work. Now, uh, also, uh, ministers, what we teach on is what people will have faith for. If people need faith, if if you have congregation members that need healing, well, then they need some faith for healing. So that means we need to teach them because what people hear is what they're going to have faith for. And as the believer, as somebody sitting there listening to the teaching of the word, then we have to release our faith in what's being taught. We won't, we won't receive of the power of God just because we're present in the room. We receive because we believe what's being taught. So congregation members have a place and a role to play in every service. It's not just how good is the preacher at preaching the sermon. It's how good is the congregation at believing and responding and receiving of the power of God that's present to meet the sermon. Amen. When the sermon is in line with the word of God, when a man is preaching the word of God, power comes into manifestation. Uh, to work that which he preaches, but the people have to believe it, yes. receive it. Yes. Amen. Yes. 
So I want to go a little bit of a side trail at this point, because I love this phrase that we find in verse 17, that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. This reminds me of what Jesus said to my spiritual father on one occasion. Uh, Kenneth E. Hagan was our spiritual father before he went home to be with the Lord. And on one occasion, Jesus in a vision appeared to him. And he said, when I was on the earth, talking about his earthly ministry, he said, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. Now we know this, when Jesus was on the earth, the power of God was locked up in the Holy of Holies, wasn't it? Yes. That the priest could only go in once a year. The, the general congregation and the general population of, of the Jewish uh, communities did not have access to the power of God yeah. tangibly. Only the priest could go in once a year to the, to the Holy of Holies. Yes. And uh, so that's where the power of God was resident. But can you imagine when Jesus was born, after he was anointed, because he didn't work miracles as he was growing up. He wasn't a child working miracles. The word talks about in Luke chapter four, that the day that he went to the river Jordan and John the Baptist baptized him, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and uh, John the Baptist saw it in the form of a dove, representing that the Holy Spirit had come upon him and anointed him. Jesus had to be anointed just like you and I have to be anointed. And people say, well, Jesus was the son of God. Yes, but he stripped himself of what was resident with him as the son of God. And he walked as a man. Yes, he was a son of God, but he walked as a man so that he could be an example of the life that we could live. And so, uh, so Jesus had to be anointed and that's what happened when he was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist. And so that anointing came on him. And from that day on is when miracles and healings began to happen in his earthly ministry. So Jesus said to dad Hagen, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. He said, that's why the multitudes thronged me to touch me because they recognized that power flowed out of him. Now think of what that would have meant. As we said, the power of God was only contained in the Holy of Holies in the inner in the inner room of the tabernacle. So the general population of the Jewish communities had not received and been in contact on a day-to-day -day basis with the power of God. It was locked up into the Holy of Holies. Well, now Jesus is out walking for the first time in human, in human history. The power of God is out mingling with the people. Think of it. Because he was the power of God. Jesus was the power of God. So you can understand what this would have meant to the people. The power of God is resident in this man. It's resident upon this man. And if you touch him, you get something from that power. And so that makes us to understand how significant this statement is. That the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Why? Because Jesus was present in the room. Now, in this vision that dad, that Kenneth e. Hagan, dad Hagan is what we call him, that he had of Jesus. Jesus said to him, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. 
He said, but now that the Holy Ghost has come. Now, when did the Holy Ghost come? Acts chapter 2 recorded that. On the day of Pentecost was the day the Holy Ghost changed residences. He did reside in heaven, but on the day of Pentecost, he came to the earth and set up his, set up his residency in the church, the body of Christ. And he is present everywhere in the earth. Everywhere in the earth. That's why anyone can get saved anywhere on the earth. They don't have to be in a certain location. They don't have to be in a church building. You can get saved in your car. You can get saved in your home. If someone told you about Jesus at the grocery store, you could get saved there. Why? Because the power of the Holy Ghost is present everywhere. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost entered through the upper room, but he didn't stay in the upper room. He went throughout the entire earth and his resident, his power is present in the earth. Amen. Amen. Isn't it something when it says that the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth? That's what happened. The Holy Ghost came and God's glory is present everywhere through the person of the Holy Spirit who is present. His power is present everywhere. But what we need to do is understand that and cooperate with it. So Jesus told Brother Hagen in this vision, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. But now that the Holy Spirit is on the earth. See, we're, in, we're under that era. The Holy Spirit is on the earth. You understand during Noah's time, the Holy Spirit was not present on the earth. During Moses' time, the Holy Spirit was not present. Elijah, Elisha, the Holy Spirit was not present during any of their lifetimes, but under, under the church, the new covenant. The Holy Spirit, we have to understand the Holy Ghost has not always been present on the earth as he is today. So what a day we live in. So Jesus told Dad Hagen in this vision, he said, I was when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. But now that the Holy Spirit is present on the earth, he is the power of God and he is everywhere. So power is present everywhere. And Jesus told Dad Hagen, there's enough power in every sick room. There's enough power in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. And then he said two things. If they only know it's present. See, you have to know it's present. You have to be taught. Number two, and if they would give it action. What's that mean? If they would cooperate with it. If they would yield to it, if they would put a demand on the Holy Ghost power, that power would raise them up. And I say to everyone watching, I don't care whether you're at home. I don't care whether you're at your place of business. I don't care if you're sitting in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your den. The power of God is present there. If you would just recognize and say the power of God is present, no matter what you feel, no matter what circumstances you see around your life, the power of God is present there. If you'll believe that and say, I receive of that power, you receive of it with words. God needs your words. We need his words, but he needs our words to work his power. And so it's our words that give action. How many of you know faith can only be released as we speak words? Faith is in our heart, but faith, can't, faith can only get out through words. The faith of God is in our heart, not the organ of the heart. We don't believe God with the organ of our heart. When the word talks about the heart, it's talking about the center of man's being, which is the spirit. So in our spirit is the faith of God. But we have to get that faith out and operating so that it can do a work for us. Well, what is that? We can only come, it comes out through what we say and through actions of faith. 
Amen. Acting like the word is true. When we believe the word is true, then act like the word is true. When you believe that the word is true, then talk like the word is true. Amen. And as we do what happens and we believe in the power of God, you need to say, I believe in the power of God. The power of God is right here in the room where I'm at. I don't have to wait for the preacher to come. I don't have to wait for someone to lay hands on me. The power of God is present right where I'm at. If you will believe that and agree with that, and you can only agree with words. You speak your agreement. You know, if you go into, if someone were going to go and uh, they were going to get married, they can't just show up at the altar and the preacher stands there and says, do you take her? Do you take him? And they just stand there. Well, I came to get married. Well, you still have to stay words to get to make it legal. Even so, words have to be spoken for God to legally move in your behalf. And it activates that power that's been present in the room all the time. I believe what Jesus said to Dad Hagen because it's in line with his word. He said, there is enough power in every sick room. If you're in a sick room, there's power enough to raise you up. He said, there's enough power in every hospital room. If you're in a hospital room, there's enough power right there to raise you up. You say, well, I'm waiting for God to do it. He's waiting for you to say it. When you say it, the power will meet what you say. When you speak, I believe, and you say, well, Pastor Nancy, what do I say? Say, I believe the power is present right here. I believe that it's enough to raise up my situation, change my situation, drive sickness and disease out. I receive the power of God, so now I receive it. Now I'm going to act like I believe that. Amen. Talk like you believe it. Begin to praise Him and thank Him for that power. Thank you that the power is working in me right now. That's what we're to say. Thank you that it's working in me right now. So the power of the Lord that day when Jesus was preaching, the power of the Lord was present in that house. So Jesus, Jesus taught them first. Why? Because they won't know how to cooperate with power that's present if they're not taught. So he taught them. Why? So that they would know their place and their, their part of cooperating with the power of God. I love what Dad Hagen used to say. He said, uh, God is a perfect gentleman. He will never do anything uninvited. So God won't just step into your situation until you invite him. And it's your faith and your believing that's, that invites him. Hallelujah. And then verse 18 and verse 19 says this, And behold, some men were bringing on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed, and they tried to carry him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. So there was a lot of people there that day. They went up on the roof. (laughs) When the door isn't available, they went on the roof. Well, a door and a window or access is into a structure. A roof is not an access. So notice this. When there was no access, they made an access. <laughs> That's when you really want something. See, you have to want. You have to desire. You can't just be half okay with if, if, healing, if healing doesn't show up or if you don't receive your miracle. Some people are half okay. You can't be half okay. You, you have to say, I won't be denied. That's the way you all, you have that faith response. I won't be denied. So when access through a door was denied, they said, we won't be denied. When access through a window isn't available, I won't be denied. There's a roof. <laughs> 
How inconvenient. How inconvenient to pull a paralyzed man up on a roof. <laughs> There's some risk with that. <laughs> right? There's some risk to the man pull to the men pulling him, and there's some risk to the man on the bed. <laughs> it shows how determined. It shows that they would not be denied how it shows how much they wanted it. And how wonderful that this man who was crippled had four faith friends that had enough faith to pull him up on a roof. Listen, if your friend won't pull you up on a roof, you need to get another friend. You need a faith friend that will pull you, that will help pull you to the place. Don't stay around people who take something out of you. Take, stay around people who put something into you. They encourage you in your faith life. They encourage you in receiving from God. They encourage you in your walk with God. Those are the faith friends that you need in your life because uh, if you don't, it could be risky for you. It's important to have faith friends. And so faith will do what is not convenient. You will get up and get dressed when you don't feel like it so that you can get to church and have the man of God minister to you. To hear the word taught. To sit under the word. You will do, you will ride on how many ever buses you have to get on to get to the church. Faith is not looking for what's convenient and easy. It's looking for what belongs to it to come. Amen. And so verse 20 says, and when, when Jesus saw their confidence in him, or when he saw their faith, look, he saw their faith. How did he see their faith? Their faith, your faith is resident, resident in your spirit. So how does someone see your faith? They see your actions. They hear your words. People can know your faith level by listening to you talk, by seeing things that you do. Others are exposed to your faith level through your words and through your actions. And Jesus saw this and he goes, that took faith to pull a man on a bed up to a roof, undo the roof, let him down. That's not even their house they're tearing up. Some have said it's Jesus's house. It might have been Jesus's house. It might have been someone else's house. The thing is, it wasn't their house. And they were tearing up somebody's house. And they said, don't worry, we'll fix it later. <laughs> so he said he sees their faith. Jesus wants to see your faith. God wants to see your faith. It's our job to show him our faith. How do we show him our faith? Through what we say and what we do. And when Jesus saw their faith and he said something to them, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now look at this. He came for healing and Jesus starts bringing up sins. Listen, Jesus wasn't bringing up sins to withhold his healing. He was letting him know, don't let your sins rob you from your healing. Because I forgive you of your sins. Amen. The devil will always want to use your past to condemn you with as a reason why you can't receive from God what you need. But Jesus would not even let that thought go unaddressed. That's the first thing he dealt with. Your sins are forgiven you. So we get this idea that possibly this is what opened the door for him to be paralyzed. What lifestyle had he been living or what had happened? Amen. 
And so in verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason and question and argue, saying, Who is this man who speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questions, answered them. Why do you question in your hearts? Look at verse 23. I love this wording. Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? He didn't say which is harder. He said which is easier. Notice, it's all easy for Jesus. It's all easy for God. Just because it's hard in your head doesn't mean it's hard for Him. It is easy for Him. And He let them know, you're trying to make it sound as though sins are too big for me to, uh, for God to forgive. And He says, I want you to know it's easy. Why? Jesus did the hard part. He paid the price for sin. He took the, he took the sin of humanity upon him. He paid the price and gave us the easy part. Just believe it. Just believe it. Talk in line with it. Act in line with what you believe. And so he says it's just as easy for God to forgive as it is for him to heal. Just as easy for God to heal as it is for him to forgive. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 24, but that you may know that the son of man has the power or the authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your bed and go to your own house. (laughs) Amen. You can't see if this man is forgiven, but you can sure see if he's raised up. So as proof that he was forgiven, he was raised up. Amen. Notice Jesus didn't pray for him. He didn't lay hands on him. He just gave the man something to obey. He gave him a command. This is the best thing God can do for us is give us something to obey. Our miracles begin with us obeying what he tells us to do. This man's miracle was also part of not just being raised up on a roof and let down, but it was also doing what Jesus said to him. What has Jesus said to you to do? If you do it, your miracle is on the other end of that. Your obedience doesn't earn a miracle. Your obedience positions you for a miracle. And there's a difference. We don't have to do enough good things for God to move for us. We don't have to do enough good things for Him to heal or or deliver us. But if we will obey what He says, it puts us in position to receive what He has for us. Listen, this is how much Jesus wanted this man healed. He, He gave him something to obey. He gave him something to obey. Why? Because He wanted him healed. Position yourself. Position yourself. Do what I say. How was he going to do what he said? Just take up your bed and walk. The paralyzed man could have said, I can't get up. (laughs) But he didn't. He just did what Jesus said. Amen. And when he did, power met his doing. Verse 25 and 26. And instantly the man stood up before them and picked up what he had been lying on, went away to his house, recognizing and praising and thanking God and overwhelming astonishment seized them all. And they recognized and praised and thank God. And they were filled and controlled by reverential fear and kept saying, we've seen wonderful and strange and incredible and unthinkable things today. <laughs> this man's miracle stirred everyone else around him. Listen, 
Nobody else was healed, but they could have been. The Pharisees and doctors of the law weren't healed, but they could have been because they didn't release their faith. But you can be healed. Release your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.